Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Pipeline Superheroes podcast, hosted as always by Grant Cohen. Today, we have Hadi Nahari, founder, CEO of Cognomotive. Hadi, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Grant. How about yourself? Not so bad. Even though you you told me that some winds are blowing around the Wi-Fi in Mountain View, which is, as far as I'm concerned, a very high-density Wi-Fi place, a lot of important internet coming out of Mountain View. So I'm, I'm hoping for the best for you and, and for Mountain View. I'm hoping for the best as well. Just it's very embarrassing being in this business and talking to customers from the center, like epicenter of high tech in Silicon Valley. Literally, sometimes it feels I'm living at the Google, you know, central campus. And then internet connection is just so bizarre. Anyhow, yeah. let's see how it goes. <laughs> Yeah, that's like a funny memory as an aside. Like I lived in San Francisco for four years after college. Um, I grew up in the Bay Area and people would complain about like their cellular service, not even the Wi-Fi in San Francisco. Like it was supposed to be just because there's a lot of tech companies there. Like, you know, you have 5G coming out of the pipes like water, but I digress. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, tell us about Cognomotive, how that became your challenge that you're taking on in the world. It's um uh, I I love that question. It's uh, everyone loves to talk about themselves. I'm not an exception. It's like it's very personal and visceral for me. Um, uh, very very much similar to any you know founder, any entrepreneur. Um, I I grew up in Iran and and I pronounce it Iran because uh, I ran away. And uh, when I was about you know nine ten years old. Revolution happened for a, a, a you know variety of reasons. Everything around me as a little kid just became so unreliable. It had a very you know negative impact on me. It's like I, I uh, you know fell in love with reliability, and I really uh, you know wanted to kind of learn what is reliability, what is this trust, what is something that is good and. And that kind of permeated throughout my life. And, uh, you know, I uh, became cybersecurity professional. I, I, you know, went into cryptography, did a lot of work throughout my career. But uh, the, the, the common thread uh, among all of them was I wanted to understand and establish and measure and do everything, just mess with this thing, reliability and fast forward. So that is very personal to me. It's It's like, uh, it, it's very visceral. Fast forward in circa 2015, 16, 17, when everyone was just, uh, you know, enamored by building autonomous vehicle, building, you know, uh, software stack for autonomy, building sensors and everything, which is amazing. A lot of, uh, uh, you know, smart people, you know, investors and everything uh, came into, you know, building things. And, you know, uh, Elon Musk, it was, he was, uh, you know, uh, popular back then and, uh, you know, told people that, uh, hey, uh, we're going to have self-driving taxis and everything by 2020. All of these things were really jazzed. And what I was looking at was, is, is anyone looking at, is the are, are these things reliable? What if they're sick? What if they're not healthy? What if they, uh, you know, break? Is, is anyone focused on that? And Surprisingly, when I, you know, I was at NVIDIA back then, surprisingly, when I talked to many of these companies, customers, uh, technologists, investors, everyone was just so concerned about building these things. And they kind of assumed that a software, it works, it's sensor, it works. And so fast forward, uh, and, and, you know, I, I thought, how hard could it be to apply the tech and measure the reliability of these things? And there you go, uh, Cognomotive was born. Quit my job. I was then, uh, you know, VP CTO security at uh, Brocade. 
quit my job and started Cognomotive and, uh, you know, went to the abyss. And uh, here we are. Uh, that's that's how this whole thing started. That That is that is why I'm so uh, connected and passionate about this uh, uh, field and what we are doing. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Hopefully you feel like you're emerging out of the abyss and hopefully this podcast can help. If not, um, I feel like, you know, your questions about reliability and security are very interesting. I think that, you know, when people think about autonomous vehicles, they think of this somewhat anonymous like power of these big artificial intelligence, machine learning algorithms. And I think that there is a maybe, you know, you would say unwarranted a sense of trust in these algorithms because algorithm algorithms are math. You know, algorithms are you know, you know like try to be unbiased, and it's just data and it's thinking. And while there's a lot of you know news stories of you know self-driving Teslas crashing into things, I think that people you know tend to trust algorithms and all of this. And you know, also there's just like the gung ho, let's jump into new technologies um, aspect that you know pervades technology, you know, rampantly. Um, I do remember the Lyft CEO said by I think 2023, we'd have like themed self-driving cars where like if you're on the way to a bar, you would get a self-driving car that's a bar. Haven't seen that yet. Um, I've seen people try though. Um anyway, uh so curious like, you know, as you've been working in this space and it sounds like a lot of what you're focused on right now is necessarily counteracting this like narrative and maybe some of this assumed trust that I've been outlining like what is like the big you know aha moment for people when they're thinking about oh this is why reliability is a big idea does it have to be things that crash like you know uh like big russian data hacks or can you you know educate the potential customer before that i i think there are many facets to the questions that you bring up. All of those are really good. Let me just uh, hack away one by one, a couple of them and see where we go. Uh, uh, look, reliability is, is a, is a uh, human nature. Trust is a human nature. And that is something that uh, in all the facets of, of our lives, interactions, devices and everything, uh, we we need, we, we want, we may not be aware of it. I mean, self-driving, algos, autonomy, non-autonomy, you know, um, uh, interactions with people are, are not any uh, exemptions. Now, we also, as humans, we also have some kind of, you know, uh, weird expectations. We kind of hold machines and software, when we talk about it, to some uh, unachievable, you know, standards when we talk about it. But the same person, once they go and pick up their phone, they're not as rigorous about, you know, expectation of reliability. So there is one end of it, uh, which is we all love reliable thing, trusting, you know, system trusting, algos and everything. And then there is the reality of the world that all of us get into a car, all of us get into, a lot of us get into, you know, Ubers of the world. We, we don't validate the quality of the driver, the car, we don't do any of those things. So there is this you know, um, illogical human part that we always have to keep in mind when we talk about technology and algos, things that you uh, kind of uh, included. So let me put that backdrop on everything else that we discussed. Apart from the mathematical reliability, you know, technical validation, uh, all of those things that Cognomotives and everybody else, you know, uh, you know, take into account, there's this human backdrop, which is not logical. That said, it is really important for everyone to kind of take a uh, step back and realize that the very same system that is, you know, building your uh, self-driving or, uh, you know, autonomous taxi 
is or or you know drone or anything uh, is really first designed by human and all of those algos are some mathematical descriptions and explanations of some you know uh, conditions that really are not really as advanced and are not really as you know sophisticated at some point as people like them to be not in their implementations no question about it i mean you got to have a good phd uh, level uh, knowledge and education to understand how these work but at the end of the day they process data at the end of the day what they do is very, very simplistic and very, you know, uh, it's not easy, but it's very simplistic. They do some calculations and based on this calculation, they really rely on what data they have been given. They don't have any sort of casual understanding with the emphasis on understanding, cognition, uh, realization of what they are doing. The most advanced chat GPTs of the world in terms of textual data or sophisticated deep neural networks that are allegedly driving some of these sophisticated decisions of self-driving. These systems have zero casual understanding of what they are doing. Things that a little tiny you know, kid has about what they are doing. This is, uh, you know, the huge delta that exists based on the systems right now that are creating these fascinating, you know, solutions and what a human can, can do. That gap, in my opinion, is the need, you know, justifies the need for companies such as Cognomotive or anybody else who is looking at, you know, these systems. They need supervision. They need reliability validation. I mean, Reagan said, trust but verify. I mean, I'm okay if you want to trust on something that's oh, kind of okay driving, can messes up, you know, making a left turn. But uh, so long as they uh, uh, don't have a casual understanding, and when they do have it, it's, you know, they, they are able to articulate what they're doing. We do need validations, and we are trying to fill that gap. Uh, everything else in terms of features, in terms of, you know, good things, bad things, applicability to, you know, self-flying taxis and everything, I think is secondary. The fact that we need to validate all of these actions that these, you know, cool systems do, I think it's 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 really fundamental. That That's my <laughs> technical <laughs> driver for what 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 we are doing here. I, I hope that kind of, if not answering all Absolutely. the yeah. fundamental questions you ask, shed some light. No, I think that's really instructive. And, um, you know, the next question that comes out of that for me is how do you look for clients? Like what's a, like a customer of Cognomotive? Because, you know, in hearing you say this, like there's an element of reactivity where you're like, these big cyber systems, we're building them, we're pump, you know, pumping them with algorithms. There's all of this merry, you know, enthusiasm about them. There's VC money. There's really smart people working on these problems. And you're, you know, uh, intentionally being like, you know, a canary in a coal mine or, or a Lorax being like, slow down. We have to think about security and stability and safety and all of these things to ensure proper functioning. But like, so how does it work for you when you're telling, like, is this like something where you're going to big, you know, self-driving car companies like Waymo and you're saying, you know, this is something you haven't considered, or is this like, how does that work? And what is like the, um, a client react interaction like for you? Yeah. I'll, I'll share some insights, which uh, anyone who has been in, in my field, adjacent fields and everything probably agrees with. Uh, early on in 2015, 16, all of those people in uh, autonomous driving world were 
so excited about what they were doing. It's like, but who cares? We're, we're going to have to go ahead and build this thing. There's a lot of VC money and it's going to be okay. Don't worry. We'll, we'll fix this ourselves. Um, in about uh, like 2019, 2020, and even throughout the uh, COVID, it was a little bit of realization as well that there are a lot of things and these uh, you know systems are not really uh, you know working as uh, good as uh, uh, we thought. And a lot of people listen to us in autonomous world, and we we started having some you know nice uh, POCs with them. Um, right now, the reason we don't focus on autonomy is all of these guys, irrespective of reliability on these systems, have a bigger problem. Uh, it doesn't appear that the uh, uh, autonomy is proceeding as fast as anyone uh, thought, and this is true for Waymo's of the world, for uh, Uber, uh, you know, advanced technology groups of the world, for uh, by everybody. Uh, the second problem, which is you know uh, far you know more important than what we are doing, uh, is the economy, the economics of this. I mean, Ford you know kind of dismantled their uh, autonomy, and uh, you know uh, everyone is thinking, okay, e even if we get this thing going, is is there real money? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I don't think autonomy in uh, automotive is solving a real problem yet. Maybe in some uh, areas. But uh, to answer your question, uh, extending the autonomy, what, what is the profile of customer, how we are looking at, it's actually not that complicated. Um, I go to customers and, and I tell them, whether you have an autonomous vehicle or semi-autonomous vehicle, anyone who was a, a you know autonomous vehicle you know, expert right now is scratching that and replacing it with, with ADAS, which, which is okay. At least there is uh, applicability to the need today. So they're replacing wow. it with what? ADAS, Advanced Driver Assist System, which is, mm -hmm. you know, what mm -hmm. you're doing, lane uh, departure warning, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, making sure that you, your your speed is, you know, uh, uh, similar to the speed of your car in front of you and, uh, you know, warnings of, uh, you know, getting close, uh, too close to objects, things like that. A little, you know, a bunch of sensors, a, a little uh, touchless driving, you know, once in a while you got to touch the uh, uh, steering wheel, things like that. It's not full autonomy, you know, the right, lingo right, is right. level one, level two, but it's kind of making you feel like, yeah, it's, it's, this thing is helping me. That's that's mm -hmm. that's all. It's not like there is no even a steering wheel that I, I, I think uh, we're not going to see 40% of uh, uh, transportation uh, uh, being done by those uh, vehicles, pods anytime soon. But to answer your question, my my customer acquisition profile of my customer is irrespective of whether they're focusing on autonomy or semi-autonomy or, you know, ADAS or level one, level two, whatever. If they care about the reliability, about the health of their system, about the health of this asset, whether they are, you know, selling or operating the vehicles, whether it's a fleet of vehicles, if they care about that, they need our solution. It's like a digital representation of the you know health gauge that we have and we provide that to our customers uh, we tell them if their asset their components or the entire system car is healthy or not the profile of my customers um, is not just focusing on autonomy right now they're focusing on this thing needs to drive you know longer uh, times this thing uh, needs to operate, with a lot of more high-tech and sensors and software. And this thing needs to be operational. Otherwise, there is a brand damage. In reality, we're not going to have 72 OEMs, 72 brands in 20 years. Many of these 
um, car manufacturers won't exist. They're going to have to consolidate in 10, 15 years, even before the autonomy takes over. There is just simply for the new generation, no need to uh, have so many brands. And the ones that are going to survive are not the ones that have, uh, they, they figure out autonomy first. They're the ones who figure out that their uh, product, both in terms of service, as well as the actual product, are more reliable and they're able to transition to what this new generation wants. We implement the key for them to be able to make this transition to more digitization, more service, more reliability. That's that's our market driver. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. And like to that point, so you know, I see on your website that uh, folks can schedule a demo. Like, how do those conversations typically go? And do you find that you're outbounding a lot, or are people are you starting to get some marketing attention and being able to build a brand within this use case? We uh, we really are blessed by the fact that we use the uh, pandemic to focus on the real problem, not just finding a solution for deep learning, machine learning, focusing on the solution as to what are the pain points, main pain points of our customers. And we get a lot of inbound. We uh, also have organic growth in terms of when, when you go to one OEM or one service provider, it's usually a galaxy of different uh, you know, brands, different sub-brands, different services. And once you see that without you trying, uh, you know, very hard, we're, you know, small uh, pre-series A startup. So we don't have, you know, a bunch of money for, uh, you know, biz dev and marketing. We'll, we'll do all of those things after our series A. And when we see that organic inbound comes in, it shows it's, uh, we take it as early signs of product market fit that, that you know, uh, a very elusive product market fit that never exists. We, we take it as such. Uh, we, uh, we believe that at this point, Building a solid uh, solution for a very relevant use case and something that works is the key. And the way it works is, you know, they they uh, you know uh, uh, get uh, a, a demo, and our demos are really realistic. It's not a beautiful video or nice presentation. We are data monkeys. The customers bring the real data, and that real data is something that is spit out of a real system, automotive, you know, system or sensors. They plug into our you know system. We sell this as a service. And out comes the real detection. It's not like well, nicely curated curated data. We work with real data. We work with real bad problems. And once the customers, their their techies and the product people see that this thing works, it goes a long way. For now, we are relying on that, but uh, I'm no fool assuming that this is going to be the only way we could extend after Series A. After you know, we kind of come out of this a little bit kind of um, uh, uh, stealth. Uh, we're gonna do. You know, our extension is going to be uh, more on classical ways of, you know, business development and kind of going after market and uh, extending what we have. So so far, we rely on an, uh, the uh, exquisite uh, solution that my team has built, and I'm super proud of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then as like a totally abstract business use case question, what is like the value you've had in, in being in stealth? To use your term there, like obviously you have an online presence. It sounds like you haven't invested too much in sales and marketing yet. Um, was that really just to be able to develop the product, or what else have you learned about you know being in stealth with a business? Both and and uh, in uh, I tell people uh, that in early stage startup, cash is not king; it's God. It's it's uh, you know if there's something more than God above God, I would say cash is that. So you have to be very uh, uh, sensitive to investing every bit. So we hire based on that. We operate based on that. We know how to run a, a you know 
exquisite and very thin, but very impactful uh, uh, operation. Everyone in the team operates that way. And part of it is, you know, be cash efficient, be uh, make sure not just to avoid dilution. I don't care about that. Uh, just just to make sure that we are able to have a very good effective runway. Uh, that's one part. The other thing that uh, which is, you know, even before COVID, I, I realized there were a lot of bullshit where, excuse my French, and feel free to kind of uh, beep this what uh, uh, one out. Might have to, yes. Yeah. So there's a lot of you know BS where there were a lot of uh, wonderful, no, that was amazing. Fine. That, was, that was tame. Yeah, uh, amazing. Uh, you know, videos and fantastic website presence and a great supporting and sponsoring of events and a lot of glitter and razzle and dazzle, and no product. And um, we decided to take a different path and focus all of our effort, uh, money, hiring, uh, uh, you know, operation on building something that is solid, working on real data, not just some sample well-curated data to, to create a nice graph and approach it that way. This kind of shows our tenacity. And I think it resonates with our customers if they're looking for a beautiful presentation, they know where to go. If they're looking for a real product that they could embed in their uh, solutions, they come to us and we take pride in that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, as we wrap up, um, besides big uh, autonomous driving companies, is there anyone you're looking for that could be in our SaaS community or anything you'd also like to promote? Um, I I, I want to give a very, you know, um, unorthodox uh, shout out to anyone who is paying attention to new tech that are, you know, transformers and chat GPTs of the world that uh, are very entertaining, but the ones that are uh, trying to take advantage of those not falling into the media hype of either positive or negative and using these new technologies in making things better and more reliable. I, I don't want to name a specific name of a company or the team. There are many great entrepreneurs that are going past beyond, uh, you know, the uh, whether ChatGPT is good or bad. They're trying to go through a cycle of technology acquisition in the service of use case. And uh, those who are doing this, acquiring technology and trying to use the right technology for the right problem, I think those are the right ones. And I, I, I foresee that within the next you know, uh, couple of years, we're, we're going to see many of these very big hype uh, you know, uh, tech and startups probably will uh, go away because there's not a whole lot of you know, benefit, value in the solutions that they uh, provide. But some who actually uh, focus from the problem and then choose the technology um, uh, you know, afterward, uh, we'll, we'll make it. And, I, and I'm very much looking forward to, to a new generation, new uh, uh, kind of a wave of uh, startups and solutions uh, that, uh, you know, uh, make that transition. We, we have some um, uh, tricks up our sleeves in that front. I'll, I'll leave you uh, with that. And we're hoping that within the next six months, we're going to disclose uh, some of these, uh, you know, very creative, in my opinion, use cases of technologies that uh, people didn't think uh, that you could do this, but our objective remains the same, um, making sure that we make everything reliable. Awesome. Well, thank you for that, Adi. It was a great conversation and we'll be in touch soon. I look forward to it. Thank you.